Thank you for joining us here at Second Baptist Church. Today you will be hearing one of our members teach from the Bible Studies for Life curriculum. Bible Studies for Life curriculum is provided by Lifeway and is a curriculum that we use in our Sunday school and Bible study groups at the church. If you are able, we would love to have you join us in one of our groups. Our church meets at 301 Tomberlin Road, and more information can be found at secondbaptistwaycross.com. Thank you for joining us. Hey, we're glad you're back with us. We are on our second lesson in our new series on sharing Christ with others, and today's topic is prayer. Uh, it's an important thing in anybody's life, anybody's personal life, and uh, certainly uh, plays an important role when we want to share Christ with others. Uh, and is a great vehicle for doing that as we introduce them to Christ in our own prayer life, uh, beginning there, and then when we begin to pray for them. So we're going to be in First Timothy chapter 2, and Christy will get us started over there. Yeah, today's lesson is about prayer, but it's God calls us to pray for others' salvation. Um, a lot of times we struggle with prayer. We come to God and we'll give Him our request and, and pray for others' needs, and those are all necessary things. But sometimes we struggle making time to pray and also with how do we pray or what do we say. And one of the ways we can start is by asking God to help us share His love with other people so that they'll know His salvation. Yeah, so we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll start off by reading verses 1 through 2. First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. If you're familiar as I am, and you grew up here in the King James Version, uh, in church or maybe you memorize scripture uh, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life is the original translation there and that always struck me as such a thing because uh, Paul's writing to Timothy he's giving Timothy instructions on how a church should behave and how the members of the church should behave and, and the first thing he wants to instruct them on is, is this role that prayer plays uh, and, and it's such an interesting thing and we'll get into it more as we talk about it but as you look at the structure of it, um, it's not a simple thing. Christy mentioned about how we struggle with, with praying. You know, sometimes we just go to God with a rote list of, you know, requests or demands or, or even wishes or desires. Um, but it's not a recitation of desires or needs or whatever. Uh, it's communication. And, and because of that, it becomes passionate. It becomes... Um, even like right now, I'm trying to find the right words to say to you. That's that's a reflection of what prayer is like because it is a communication. It is. It's a it's a relationship. Um, some people I struggle to communicate with and talk to, just because you don't know them very well. It's hard to dig questions out of them. Um, you you don't really know what to say, so you start asking questions like how are you, where do you work, things like that. However, like my friends. Have, haven't seen them in five or ten years and you can sit down and pick up with them right where you left off um, because we have a relationship and that is how it is with God um, that it's it's not just 
oh, well, okay, today I want to pray about, and then you, you start listing your request. It's, it's a communication, like Daniel said, all day long. It's a relationship. And um, I think Paul's trying to convey this here in this passage. Yeah, I mean, you know, Paul's not giving us a comprehensive list of, okay, these are the four types or two types of ways to pray. But rather, he's, he's, he's helping us see that, that prayer is more than just one or the other. Uh, for the Jews in that first century, prayer for them would have been usually a rote prayer. It would have been a ritualistic prayer uh, that they had memorized a song or things like that. And so uh, Paul uses that, but he also then says, you know, you get your petitions in there too. Then do your prayers and do your intercessions, which is where we're at today, this idea of intercessory prayer where we are praying to God uh, on someone's behalf. And I mentioned that in the introduction, and I may not have worded it right for some of you, of how we introduce Christ to others um, in our prayer life. And we do, because we begin to communicate with God of our needs and desires for that person. Uh, and so that is almost like uh, going calling somebody that's going to have an interview or interview a friend of yours and saying, hey, they're coming and this is, this is their skill set and these are their things and this is why I think it would be great to work for you. Um, that's the type of intercessory prayer that we are involved with for others. All right. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says, devote yourselves to prayer. And devote is a strong word and it just means continually diligent with prayer and that's that's how we should be for our friends like Daniel said just speaking up on their behalf and, and asking God to intercede in their lives yeah so when we understand that you know a lot of times we talk about this idea as Christy just said devote yourselves to prayer you know I can't I can't pray all the time actually we can um, it's, it's moving through those different types of prayers uh, that, that will help us learn how to do that um, and so and, and then it's interesting how Paul transitions from that into this, oh, by the way, remember, Timothy, there's leaders over you and over society, um, and you should be praying for them as well so that you can be about your business, which is, you know, the center accessory prayer uh, and lifestyle. Yeah, I want to read something the, the writer wrote in, on page 85. It says, prayer is how we communicate with God, but we often treat it like a monologue, focusing on our, our own needs and concerns. And the ultimate goal of prayer, however, is to connect with God, to seek Him and His wisdom. And when we do that, He is glorified as our prayers align with His will. Um, that's just what we had just said about prayer being more of a relationship than necessarily just, you know, giving our desires and requests. Yeah, I mean, the word I think of when I think of that, that I've had on my mind today, uh, even earlier today when I was praying about a, a specific need or circumstance in my life uh, is transparency uh, and just saying what you feel about something and, and, and being open and honest with God about that as well and so this is Paul and by the way when Paul says this he's not writing about a duly elected politician who he agreed with or disagreed with on the platform he was writing about the Emperor of Rome who had absolute authority um, who Ultimately, more than likely, he was writing about Nero, who was one of the most awful emperors that, they, that we've ever known. And uh, I mean, uh, and Paul's saying, hey, pray for the guy so that we can get about our business, which our business is people. Uh, and too often, I think we get lost in that. We do. And I think um, the writer hit that nail on the head, says, 
Whether we agree with who people are or what they stand for, we're admonished to humble ourselves and intercede with the Father on their behalf. And as we focus on prayers on the urgent spiritual need for others to draw near to God, we become filled with Christ's compassion for them. And that really is, to me, sums up that last part of verse 2. We are to lead a quiet life in all godliness and dignity. But in order to do that, we are supposed to pray those for those people who are over us, the kings, the authorities, the, the leaders in our own government. But when we pray for them, our hearts are softened for the needs that they have in governing us and leading us. And we become compassionate towards them and the responsibility that they have. And it can help us to do our job, like Daniel said, of praying for the people that we're surrounded with, that, um, that we're supposed to minister to. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. When you said that, it made me think about how uh, when Jesus came into Jerusalem the, fi the final time, that he literally wept over the city, um, the city that was going to kill him, the city that had rejected him multiple times, the city that ultimately would literally destroy itself and their demand to create your own Messiah. Um, and Jesus' response is, is tears of sorrow and that is no coincidence that he was such a person of prayer that when he sees these people who he's poured out his heart for, um, that it's not anger, it's not retaliation, but it's just it's sorrow and compassion. And that's the way he responded. So we're going to move into the next couple of verses as Paul continues this uh, instruction on why and how we should go about this, this prayer, this life of prayer. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. Yeah, and I, I want to say this because, you know, we're reading it as the way the authors broke it down, but remember... The phrase right before that was to pray for King and all those who are in authority to live a quiet and peaceful life. And then this is it. And he says, and this is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved. So, I mean, Paul's not saying, hey, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is what we think of when we live in America. Uh, Paul's saying we should be praying so that people will come to know who Jesus is, so that people will come to have a relationship with him. Uh, and... and what a challenge. Yeah, I, that's very challenging. When we, when we focus on praying for the people as individuals, and God softens our hearts and we're able to um, please Him. I forgot what I was about to say there. I really did. Well, I mean, in, in, in this one, I mean, Paul, Paul is so um, abbreviated, but with so much depth. Look at verse 5, how he lays that out. Um, one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, uh, who gave himself as a ransom for all. And he is reiterating to these people at Ephesus, which is where we believe Timothy was at this time, this you know crazy city of, and town with all sorts of standards and, and things. And he's reminding them that you know we're not just praying. Everybody in that city prayed. They all went to temples and prayed. They all had these participatory uh, religions. But Paul is saying, no, 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 no. No, we're, we're praying to the one God and the one mediator between God and man. 
which is the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. None of the other gods in the city or goddesses in the city I could claim that role. And Paul is making sure that the church there and us thousands of years later know that that that's who we pray to when we intercede uh, for others on the behalf of others. Yeah, and it's even difficult in the day that we live in now. Um, you hear of there being many ways to God and many ways to heaven. But it says right here, there's one, one way, Jesus Christ. And how do we tell people that? We show them the kind of love and kindness that Jesus Christ showed. And we can explain to them then who it is we serve and who it is they can serve as well. Um, the, the book talked about the chiropractor and sometimes needing an alignment. I know my body definitely needs alignments every now and then and I could see Dr. Coleman and have her help me out there. Um, and how that we often need spiritual alignment. And the one thing that Paul was clear on here is that he is that Jesus wants everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And that is very important to remember. I think this is where I was going here with that. When we understand that the leaders and the ones who are over us, as we're praying for them, that God wants them to come to the same truth that we have found and that we want our friends to have, then it will soften our hearts and we will be able to um, embrace them as a human being. Yeah. You know, as, as I was reading that, and then as you began to mention that, I was reminded that you know, three of the major writers in the New Testament, Peter, uh, Paul, and John, all three stress, and literally stress it because they wrote it down. And it was very few things written from that time period that lasted, and very few things that were even written, period. And they wrote it down that it is God's desire for everyone to be saved. And pictured in that is not just some, you know, Santa Claus type God saying, well, I hope everybody gets a gift this year, but is the active pursuit of God for others that Paul and Peter and John are inviting us into when they call us into this life of prayer. So prayer is not this condemnation, dear God, go destroy my enemies. In fact, Jesus said we should do what for enemies? We should love them and bless them. And man, that's that. When you think of the Jesus who wept over Jerusalem, uh, the Jerusalem that would kill him, and picture that, and then you picture that in relation to Paul's writing here to the God who wants everyone to be saved. That's who Paul is writing about, that Jesus who is standing there on the, on the tip of that hill weeping over that city. All right, not filled with animosity and hate. It's He's filled with kindness and compassion and care. and genuine love for the city yeah and, and no agenda the agenda was salvation yeah, the agenda was, straight was up. yeah which meant sacrifice mm -hmm. um hard for me to get through my head sometimes most times most times we're going to transition now into the last one here and as we do so i want to challenge you with a question that the writer gave us on that passage and said what role does prayer play in our spiritual growth and I think the simplest answer there is it's either a part of it. I mean, we're either growing spiritually in some sort of prayer habits or formation or structure or whatever, um, or, or we're not. Right. 
I mean, that's just been my personal experience. Mm -hmm. so, so, so now we're gonna look at verses seven and eight as Paul kind of, uh, you know, builds it to his role and then transitions that by saying, this is your role as well. For this, I was appointed a herald and apostle. I'm telling the truth, I am not lying and a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. So as Paul continues this writing, and if you want to read this, this chapter of chapter two, he begins to transition out of this particular method of behavior, and he begins to address the things that are actually happening in the church in Ephesus. And so he gives Timothy very pointed uh, directions because of the upheaval that was happening in that church which is kind of interesting because it contradicts some of his directives in other places because he was writing to different churches with different needs and so as he finishes this he, he reminds Timothy of his role he is a herald he is an apostle uh, and he is and at this point in his life Paul's specific is I'm an apostle to the Gentiles which is so interesting because if he went into a town he would usually go to the Jewish synagogue to begin speaking but ultimately the Jews would hear him and either some of them would accept him or reject him and it's just kind of an interesting Paul multiple times says I'm an apostle to the Gentiles but when he just showed up in town he always went to the Jewish synagogue and, and he began to attract attention there and he would go on and teach but anyways uh, as he does so he's, he's reminding people of their role that they need to play in this thing and, and calling them all to join him in this in this lifestyle I don't have a whole lot to offer on on this um, I mean I can read you one line that, that I underlined here the writer said we can't live engage or witness to the world in our own abilities we need to be able to be in constant prayer about what's going on around us and I can testify that for sure that if I'm not um, praying throughout the day, you know, the constant communication, then I'm not ready to engage with the people around me or even be able to give them an answer or not that you have to give people an answer, but I'm not able to communicate with them in the way I should. Yeah. I mean, that's very not kind or generous or respectful or, you know, all those things that, that we should be. I, but yet if I am praying and asking God to, you know, bring people into our lives that that we can minister to, then I'm a lot more compassionate and kind and gentle and things like that. That's not a natural thing for me. Well, the next line, you know, where she was reading at is this, at the heart of prayer is a dependence on the Holy Spirit who empowers us. And the writer goes on to say, empowers us to witness, which is absolutely true. <clears throat> but empowers us to do all those other things too, right? Which I, are a witness. Yes, those <coughs> those ways are ways that we witness by showing that um, care for others. If we just pass people and don't acknowledge them as a human or cast them aside because you know for whatever reason we look down on them, and that's super easy to do, even for the most what we would consider holy Christian. It's super easy to look down on people then we're not doing what he's asked us to do in um, calling everyone to salvation and stopping what we're doing and engaging with the people around us. Yeah, and as we wrap this up, because I think 
what Christy's saying are so valuable. I want to challenge you to kind of think about what you think of when you think of prayer. And so many times we think of these, what we hear publicly. And, and by all means, that is prayer, public praise prayer. And it is something that I've learned as somebody who prays publicly that people are going to model. So we have to be careful there. But the types of prayers that we're talking about here are like the text that you send to your spouse. They're like the text that you send to your children or to a coworker where you already kind of have an idea of what the day is presenting. And so you may say to her, or I may say to Christy, hey, did you get what you needed? Did you get that, whatever? And there's not this dearest wife is who is wherever right. stylists are. I listened to a sermon this week. Um, a guy was teaching on prayer, actually. It just happened, and I was excited because this is what we were teaching on. And he said that. He said, I don't, my kids, when they want to run up to me and I'm in the middle of a conversation, he said, you know, unless I understand the kids just being disrespectful, my relationship with my child is more important than who I'm talking with because I have a relationship with my child. So I'll stop and engage the child. And he said, one of the kids one time was asking him for a video game and they didn't say, dearest father up in the sky who's taller than me, could you please provide us to me a wee video gameist, you know, and, and do all these big words. But we feel like, especially when we pray publicly, that we better have our King James Version out there because we're not holy if we're not. And there is a time and a place to be a little bit more dignified than just, hey, I really, I really need the money to provide for my car payment for this month, you know, or mm -hmm. whatever. And there is a time and a place for those types of prayers. But the point was that you, you speak to God the Father just like he's just like he's your father just like he's your spouse or your child it's a it's a relationship it's something that he desires for us to have yeah and as we wrap up this this study it's going to challenge you that to be reminded that our role in this specifically as we're trying to point towards today is not just the praying the praying that we do in our life but the opportunity we have to to ask God on the behalf of others and to uh, seek his grace in their lives. So it's a very important part in preparing our heart and in preparing their heart um, to share the good news of who Jesus is. So thank you so much for joining us in this study and uh, we will see you guys soon.